Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Euphoria podcast. That's it. We're here in this beautiful studio, totally live and in person. And more important, Whoa. that even our beautiful this looks so cool. Yeah, even our beautiful studio. Wow, it's so good to be back. Our uh, beautiful studio is the fact that I am joined once again triumphantly by my incredible co-host and analyst of the year none other than k-girl okay. bro i have to give you okay, that prop don't oversell like, it don't oversell no, it i'm not trying to oversell it but you have to understand i think i can as a member of the community and also me person mm-hmm. who works with you all the time i think i can reflect mm-hmm. the community perspective of relief that you have returned because like i don't know man I'm, I'm pretty fond of what we got going on here so i'm happy you're back it, it was, was uh it was rocky there for a minute it was a vitality coaching offer. It was a rocky. <laughs> it was a rocky off season. Let's just leave it at that. It was. Uh, it's one for the ages, I'm sure. And many people have had some whack off seasons. I've definitely experienced mine. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm back. And I'm glad you introduced me with such kind words, my fellow Didi. I'll say that your <laughs> banger song came out yesterday. Thank it you. was an absolute cracker. I love the bars spinning straight fires. Thank you. Oh. Brother, it's good to be back. Uh, if you're interested in following him, this is at Cadrill, at Daniel Dracos, at LEC, if you want LEC updates. And as always, the Euphoria Off podcast is available on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Now, if you cannot see us, if you're not in YouTube land, uh, the thing we're talking about the studio is a joke. We're both currently from home, but through the power of modern technology, it will appear to all of those on YouTube as if we are seamlessly back in the studio um you'll notice no difference in quality it's like we're in the studio this is not scuffed not scuffed at all (laughs) um so yeah brace yourself it's gonna hopefully sound good as we both got some pretty nice microphones at home and that'll work out um today however we're gonna be doing a couple things because it was a big off season for you and it was a big off season for the entire league cajol we're gonna be looking at all the new rookies who have joined and predicting who will be rookie of the split as well as predicting who will be MVP. A lot of returning names as well to talk about there. And since it's our first episode back, we're going to be doing uh, a tier list in classic Euphoria fashion. Of course. Which is like... Gotta get those clicks. We need to clickbait. And also, it's literally the best way to talk about all 10 teams. Like, it it is. It's the easiest way to talk about all 10 teams. And it's. I, I think it's interesting. I always dig it. So let's hope people are are fired up are keen um let's let's jump into it brother i'm i'm roaring to go dude my setup at home is so cool i got a green screen i got lights i got cameras i know this is action (laughs) the worst part about the whole having having a baller setup right is that like we are going to all this length with these lights and these cameras and these green screens and the like two tons of friggin' equipment that got shipped to me in the last day to make this happen just so you can't see the two tons of friggin' equipment (laughs) That's so true. <laughs> what the hell? All this technology to hide the technology. We're getting deep here. Three deep, five me. That's how you invent the camouflage when it comes to like the military. You have to have mm-hmm. like the, the soldier wrapped in green screens reflecting the background behind them so they're yeah. invisible. That's basically what the, the cusp yeah. of this technology this is, is, right? This is the pinnacle so of military in 50 technology. 50 years time, we'll look back on the Euphoria <laughs> podcast of us hiding our technology. And they'll think, damn, we have camouflage now. You heard it here, militaries of the world. The the green morb suit is the future. <laughs> you guys are fine. <laughs> just blending in with just, every terrain. 
Yeah, the military equivalent of we'll fix it in post. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll probably never know if that's actually the technology that's used until 20 years down the line. Maybe it's already <laughs> being used, but we'll find out. Uh, for now, LEC. Kato, this was, the, this was like the fattiest offseason we've had in a long time. <laughs> fattiest. Fatty. This was a Sorry, it's early morning. I love that adjective. <laughs> yeah, this was a chunky offseason. This, this offseason yeah. liked to could put it away. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is a lot. And I'm curious like This is one we, for the ages, isn't it? It is one for the ages. Like what what are you what was like the craziest move of the offseason for you? Before we get into rookies and MVP, like what was just s- straight up the weirdest, wildest thing that happened in the offseason? It was reckless to K Corp, wasn't it? It was so random, like loads of different opinions come out as to why reckless isn't working in g2 those reddit threads about the yankos and stuff like this and that he's not going to be on the team and people were whispering around social media like yeah reckless is not going to be on g2 next year and everyone was like dude shut up like this is this is a star player right one of the best players in europe and yeah it didn't work of course but maybe they'll run it back maybe they'll do a few other changes here was reckless the problem and then all of a sudden it's like reckless is no longer part of g2 reckless is no longer part of the lec he's not actually in a major region whatsoever and then he's in an ERL in a French team and props to him like he is popping off across social media. The funniest thing is he embraced the meme. This was the best part when he tweeted and I won't. This, dude, this had me sold when he had the and I will in G2 win Worlds and now he can't even get to Worlds and he just tweets <laughs> and I won't. Like I was on board. Embrace the meme. Everyone's happy. Honestly, like he's he's a good sport for making the most of it and he's done he's been super good about like communicating with the french audience and obviously it's doing well for him the lfl audience is out of this world second to second to none uh you know super league coming close but at the end of the day lfo or lfl has got that unlocked and uh yeah i'm I'm excited for to see what reckless does on k corp to see what that means for eu masters because i'm a big you know eu masters fan in general i think it's a super cool thing Mm. it is really weird though because he's kind of like now reckless is the fabby of lec i don't know how it happened but like we've gone this man is now the gatekeeper and like if you want a spot on an lec team you have to go through reckless which just feels like such a weird change in career you know you went from climbing the summit to being Uh, the bouncer at the door which is such an odd position to be in it's nuts, isn't it? Because like, first of all, when he was um, when they went on stage in their show match versus Koi, the stadium was going crazy. Like when when Rex was announced, he was of course last player to come out, and it was incredibly hype. But then also, if you look at the actual league he's playing in, the LFL. Before we talk about the LEC, quick hit: LFL is actually just a mini LEC. No joke. You look at some of the players in that in that league. You know, you look at the AD carry pool alone. You have like. Uh, Reckless, Crownshot, Jeskla, Woolite. You've got top tier AD carries going up against each other. Every role is pretty much stacked. You've got a mid laner who was, um, I can't remember his name, but he was part of Damwon Gaming, which is now an LFL team. You've got Cody Sun in an LFL team. You've got uh, Haru and Tempt in the NLC. Haru was on the world's winning roster and now he's in NLC. Like, there are some nuts things happening in the offseason, not only in the LEC, but like our ERLs right now are stacked. I'm worried for everyone because everyone seems to think that they're going to win EU Masters. Like K Corp and all these teams are really strong and coy or massively pu- publicated and like they have huge brands. But you look at some of these LFL teams, man, I'm telling you, they're stacked. Vitality Academy, I-, I can go on for days. Misfits, like it's nuts. I think the thing that makes me so excited about it is not just 
how cool it is for the LFLs, but also how cool it will eventually be for the LEC. Because when competition is that good in the LFL, it means the players that we're um, securing from teams like K-Corp and Misfits Premier (laughs) and anyone else, yeah, we'll use the word securing. Uh, I'm not sure how all those negotiations go. Uh, Are going to be so much better. Like the quality is just going to go up. And I mean, obviously, like the the LFL and EU Masters, it can all stand on their own. They don't need to be looked at as just a way to like feed up into the LEC. But like as an LEC pundit, hell yeah, give me more insane players coming out of ERLs uh, every year. That like that hypes me up. And I think now winning the LFL, if you win the LFL, damn, you're a hell of a good team like i can i probably bet you by the end of the spring split at least the winner of the lfl that team could probably beat a lot of the lec teams i would say because I, of how stacked the lfl is well obviously yeah. bottom half of the lec but i still think that they would take them out so i'm hyped i'm gonna be watching the lfl on my second monitor a lot of the time when it's on because some of those games are gonna be really interesting to watch and also you're just doing your due diligence because half those players are going to be in lec or an eu masters you know and i think that's just like it's cool. On the more LE, immediate LEC side of things, I think the thing that hypes me the most is the return of both uh, Alfari and Perks to the same team, to Vitality, this Vitality super team that yeah. Cadrill may or may not have almost coached. Um, that hypes me up. I'm fired up for what that team could be. I'm also fired up because super teams worldwide uh, explode just as often as they succeed. And like either way, this is going to be like, whether it's like exciting because it's a, a train wreck and we can't look away or exciting because it's like, you know, super powerful, super dominant super team. Um, we'll see how many times I can use the word super in a single sentence. Uh, either way, I'm hyped for this, for this Vitality lineup, to be honest. Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. Super, I like that. Super Dragon Ball, Super Dragon yeah, Ball. Yeah, are they, are, they are they the yeah. Krillin or are they uh, like Yamcha or are they like the Goku Vegeta? We got we to find out. Yeah, then you've got also like Fnatic and stuff, Goku versus Vegeta, maybe you got some storylines from Dragon Ball or something, but I think dude, Vitality is like, you can't deny it's stacked, right? Self-made on Vitality last year was single-handedly hauling that team through playoffs, best of five against Fnatic, if you watch that series. Mm-hmm. You almost won the entire series. Um, Alfari is obviously one of the best laning top laners in the world, or in the West, sorry. I was going to say the world because obviously we need to see more of it at the world championship, see what top players are like in the East in a sense. Um, Perks, the GOAT of EU. Karzi was slightly inconsistent, I think, in 2021, but he did have for sure his moments and he was popping off and Labrov is one of the most hyped supports. Labrov's that player where it's like, he's so good, he just needs a good team. He just needs a good team. He's so goddamn good. And now he finally has a really good team, right? So um, I think this team will succeed. Uh, I think they'll come out the gates swinging. And they'll probably be, I expect, the strongest team coming out of the gates. Um, because, I don't know, they just have, yes, they have such strong personalities which can implode a team sometimes. But if the vibes are always good outside the game, and I think players like Karzi and Perks always bring good vibes when things are going good, good vibes always be brought. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty sold on that team. Um, yeah. And we can uh, talk. I'm, I'm excited. Little- yeah, and I'm excited about them too. We can talk a little bit more about them, and especially like Lebrov, who I, hilariously for me, and it sounds like maybe for you, is like the most interesting part of that team because he's a guy that we've been a little excited about. He's had some of these incredible thresh games, some bar games where he's really looked like great, but obviously the team has always struggled. So now we get to see how high the Lebrov ceiling goes. But that said, shifting our attention mm. to 
the newer members of the league, not the returning members, not the super big veterans. Let's talk a little bit about, about the rookies. We've got a number of them, Dior, uh, and I'm going to butcher every name until I figured it all out. Dior on Astralis, the mid laner, Flacid on G2. Targamus is not a rookie, fun fact, but is obviously still young to the league. Uh, Mad Reeker, formerly, or formerly RKR, Unforgiven, who's a bit of a mystery to a lot of people. We have Shlatana, Misfits, and Mursa, as well as Sirtus. And X Maddie Syncroft also in that not a rookie, but kind of a rookie category. So these mm. are the guys I'm this is a huge, huge rookie class. Most of these people are from um the top two LFL teams, which is <laughs> Misfits Premier and K-Corp. Only a few people are like coming out of nowhere. Obviously, RKR was a little bit hyped. Unforgiven really came out of nowhere. They are super uh young talent in terms of competitive experience, but a lot of a lot of new names, Cadre. Who are you who are you actually hyped about in the in the rookie class? Ooh, there's a couple I'm hyped about. Like, for example, Mursa. I was looking at this guy last year. Early last year, he was rank one for quite a long time. And rank one of support is always kind of impressive to me because it just knows that it just shows it in solo queue. Like, your map reads are always really good. I think being really high low in, in, in support in solo queue is always a good sign. So I was kind of hyped on Mursa. Um, but I think for me, as a jungle main, it's Shlatan. Um, I'm, I've been watching this guy's games and he is always like... Blame Horizon in a way. This guy, his pathing is always super efficient. He's always really, really high up in farm on the enemy jungler. Like, I think he has one of the craziest CSDs in like EU Masters, right? When uh, this year in summer, mm -hmm. um, I've jungled against him a lot in the years, and he's always that player where it's like he's was on again on the cusp of LEC. I think last year as well. Um, it's so weird to say last year is 2021. I can't believe it's 2022. This is just blowing my mind every time I think about it. Like, yeah. dude, where's 2020? <laughs> dude, where's 2020 at? Where's the last two years gone? Was it 2021? Last year already? God damn it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super hyped for Shlatan. Um, he was on Misfits Academy. Now he's on Misfits main team. Um, obviously, Misfits losing Razork was, it's kind of hard to replace, I think, because mm -hmm. he was probably the MVP of the team in 2021. Uh, but Schlatan, definitely a, a top-tier replacement. Yeah, I think big shoes to fill, certainly, in terms of what Misfits need from him. Um, and the overall goal of this, we want to talk, we want to predict a little bit looking forward for Rookie of the Split. So in that same vein, Schlatan, do you have enough faith in this guy? You're like, this is this guy right here is going to be Rookie of the Split? Ooh, yeah, Rookie of the Split, I would say, is probably going to be Schlatan. Um, I think, to me, Misfits overall is almost like a dark horse for mm -hmm. me um going into spring uh, i think shlatan's a huge driving factor shlatan's definitely a player where you would have to play for jungle like some teams function in a way where jungle can play for you and you can play for jungle and now that can also be very champion dependent like you know if i'm if i'm a we'll say we'll use the term carry jungler in a sense right now and i play jarvan then obviously you're not going to play for jungle because my champion there's no point in playing for a jarvan yeah, yeah. Uh, but if i'm playing things like uh, hecarim graves uh, lee sin lilia these kind of champions need resources I think that's what you'll see uh, coming out of Schlatan. Now, he has shown a lot of flexibility. I think he's got games on like Zach and Volibear and uh, things like this, which are champions which can play for team. And it also will be meta-dependent. We've seen some LPL right now. Um, we've seen a lot of Lee Sins and we have seen a lot of Jarvins as well. Um, I think he'll be flexible. He should be able to slot into every role, but he's definitely more favored towards the carry jungle uh, oriented playstyle. Yeah, and I'm glad that summer was at least somewhat more interesting in terms of jungle pool because spring for most of the world was that Udyr... Vola, like Volibear was the uh, the Elioia pick that kind of came out, but it was like it was that kind of I don't want to say brain, yeah, let's call it brain dead jungle meta, or is that like super linear jungle meta <laughs> where like you like 
me if I know the difference between like an A tier vol uh, A tier Udyr player and an S tier Udyr player. You know, like so. Thank God, like yeah, Summer yeah, yeah. had like the Zin Zhao Viego Lee Sin, so we could actually see like, oh, do these guys have hands, or are they just going to take Ghost yeah. on Udyr and just run at people? Uh, you know what I mean? I will. I will say like carry junglers like Hecarim, for example, are full clear, full clear, full clear bots. You play for jungle, you get him crabs, you get him camps, you get early objectives, and you try to get him on like get get a couple kills here on dives and stuff like this. But I think champions like Jarvan and Volibear reward creativity, right? Mm. If you're full clearing on Jarvan Volibear and you're zero zero at minute ten, then obviously you've made a mistake in the game. And when you watch uh, Chinese junglers, I was watching uh, yesterday RNG's games, like when Wei is playing Jarvan and things like this. The creativity he has is just really impressive. You know, just red, blue, walk into the enemy jungle. Just see what happens, you know? Just see what happens. I have what prior, I'll just walk in, start a fight. Oh, we got a triple kill level four. Oh, great. Perfect. But then there's some Jarvans who are carry jungle players who just kind of eater towards, um, well, I could go for this gank, but uh, it's a bit too risky. I'll full clear anyway. And then, oh, uh, oh, that top dive. Yeah, I'll full clear again anyway. And now you're Jarvan level six, zero, zero, zero at minute eight or something. And yeah. You're having, you're having a great time being a tank, just sitting there being yeah. an engaged. But yeah, trust me, as someone who played Jarvan because he's super OP for the first few ganks and frequently didn't get a gank off, uh, there's, a, there's a reason that I spent a lot of time hard stuck in low elo. Like, you, you got to make stuff happen, you know? Maybe not as much as like an Elise where it's literally okay. like live or die, but uh, definitely a champion that needs to make things happen. Let, so outside of Shlatan, or uh, Shlatan? Shlatan? Shlatan. 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 Oh man, I'm gonna butcher so many names. I it's hard. Who are you hyped for? I'm I'm really excited for uh, Reeker because I think that I have a lot of faith. This is almost like entirely because I have so much faith in in Mac, who's come through as like one of the big coaches. But this guy showed a, a decent amount of potential in Prime League. I thought he was super solid. I don't think he's by any means a crazy pickup, but I don't think he's the immediate like easy. Hey, let's just look at K Corp. Let's look at Misfits Premier and see what we can get. Uh, in the case of players like Sirtus or, or X Maddie or Syncroft. Um, mm. But like him on a team like Mad, paired with the jungler like El Yoya, again, like this is a guy who I think very easily could win rookie of the split, partially because I think he's just so set up for success. And I think, unlike um, Shlatan, who were like, this is a guy who maybe needs to get played around, we're going to have to see how he fits into misfits. It's like Riker can just do his mid lane thing and trust that El Yoya will have his back. Because you talk about creative pathing, and El Yoya is like that guy who was like, coming in at Volibear mm -hmm. level six, diving towers every single time. And that sounds like, to me, between El Yoya, a solid coaching staff, you got one of the strongest standing jungle support duos. Like, you are set up for success. So if any of the potential that we saw in Prime League like comes true for Reeker, I think this dude is going to have a pop-off season. Plus, like, in a world of, you know, kind of Twisted Fate meta, and don't get me wrong, he did play a lot of Twisted Fate. We got a lot of Silas. We got a lot of Echo from this guy. We got a lot of, like, more... Uh, kind of slightly outside of meta picks or maybe not immediate s tier picks and answers and that was kind of what like that's what hypes me up about this guy is that like if his champion pulls deep and him and belio are both willing to do makes crazy stuff happen i think this is the guy who's like pretty set up for a montage season i'm not gonna lie like, like feels like time to shine for a mid laner yeah i i, I agree i think i mean just off the bat what I know, Reeker was a lot of LEC teams wanted Reeker. Like he was very high priority on the market as a player, um, and yeah, rightly so. He had a, a fantastic year. I think overall, his playstyle is. I like to talk about playstyles a lot because I like to talk about in-game stuff. Um, his playstyle is very selfless. You know, he'll play global champions, insta lock, blind pick. He'll go down 10 CS and he'll roam around the map and he'll give up towers. He'll give up everything to make sure his team's ahead. 
Does it mean that he can't play carries? Well, no, we've seen, you know, Control Majors, Syndra, Victor, things like this, Oriana. He looks pretty confident on those, but the meta in mid right now is just a little bit up in the air where you've got people playing like uh, Corky and Vex, mm -hmm. uh, LeBlanc. You've got a TFs, Galios, and Rises appearing. You've got Globals, you've got Assassins, you've got Control Majors, you've got Victors. So the meta is in mid is kind of like you can pick whatever, really. Um, now, obviously, to an extent, right? We've seen even Renekton mid still being picked. So I think he'll be fine. I think... The current mid meta rewards flexibility, and I think Reeker has a lot of flexibility. Whereas some mid laners are sticking to this one style of like, I can only play assassins, I can only play roaming yeah. champs, and I want to lose lane, I can only play control mages. He's really can fit, pick any box, uh, which is, he's like a jack of all trades. Just a question of like, is he a master of none? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an excellent question. And I think that I, the thing that I like that you highlighted there is that like his kind of playing away from his own lane style. And like, obviously we're not, I don't want to praise a player for having like negative CSD in lane, but what he does have that balances that out is insanely high kill participation in the early game, usually super active early game, spends a lot of time with his jungler and doesn't actually spend that much time in his lane. So when you look at his three most played, which is like Silas, Twisted Fate, Rise, all champions who have pretty reliable setup CC for, for ganks and early plays, like I feel like that, that kind of play style early in a season is always going to be super rewarded. And I think we'll have to see, like there's, I can see a world where this guy is forced to play control mages and not that individually he can't play control mages, but that like really leads him to suffer. Cause like in my head, the paper perfect mm -hmm. dream, right. is like him and El Yoya, both playing champions who can do stuff early game. Like I guess like twisted fate yeah. graves is like the very common example yeah. from kind of end of last season, like that kind of thing where you have someone who's providing damage, someone who has to set up CC and you can just start, fighting super early in the game but you're right in the meta this flexible like there's going to be games where you have to just play victor and wait for people to walk into you which just like definitely puts a puts a uh <laughs> tempers my expectations for how like explosive this guy's actually going to be able to be yeah he's definitely going to be the supportive player for uh elioya but elioya has shown like he can play carries he's also really flexible this bad lions team as a whole is just a lot of question marks because you had humanoid karzi who are like the vibe bringers, they look like the ones who are always initiating jokes and just bringing insanely good vibes on stage. You know, Cars even kissed El Yoyo after they won <laughs> one game, right? So yeah. the vibe outside the game really carried Mad Lions, I think, um, through tough times. If they were losing, there was just so much positivity in the room, I imagine. And, you know, if they lose a game or they're even in-game, you hear their comms and they get aced at minute 10. They're like, well, that sucks. Uh, I'm going to go bot, guys. Let's just see what happens. So, I mean, you want to just flip Baron? It sounds yeah. pretty funny to flip Baron. I mean, you saw it was in their finals, I think it was, where they're almost winning games when they shouldn't against Fnatic. They're coming back from like 10k and they almost win, but then Karsi gets caught and dies. But anyway, um, now you've taken out those vibes and you put in uh, Reeker and Unforgiven, who I don't know what their personalities are like, but they're joining a team that just won back-to-back -back titles, right? And they still have three of those members. So they're probably coming in with their mouth closed and they're probably listening a lot uh, and trying to get as much information as they can and soak it up and become the best player possible to fit into the role. Alternatively, maybe they come in with strong opinions um, or they come in with good vibes. Maybe they're quiet. I think what Mad Lions had going for them was so perfect. I just hope they can continue that. And I hope the coaching staff uh, can just bring bring the best out of Unforgiven and Reeker in terms of like not only in-game, but out of game, right? They feel comfortable. They feel happy. They want to crack a joke when they get solo killed or they die or something happens, right? It's inevitable. Something bad's going to happen eventually. It's just how you deal with it. Yeah, and I think Unforgiven is the big mystery of kind of this rookie class. There's a lot of people with a lot of uh, potential and a lot of tape where you can really see them pop off. And Unforgiven is one of the players who has that least amount of that tape. Not that he hasn't had good games, just that he's like, compared to a lot of these other players, not someone who has been in 
the ERL scene for a super huge amount of time. Not a guy who's had a super huge amount of like stage games, at least that I have odds of. So that's the question. Mm -hmm. I did talk to Mac and Mac like went over a lot of the things that he was looking for uh, in the team. And he he talked a lot about like um, the kind of personality fit angle that he was looking for. Um, And he basically just believes in the guy as an individual player, just paraphrasing the stuff that he sent to me. Um, and he pairs super well with Kaiser and that was kind of the main thing that he's going for. And I, and I'll take Matt's max work for that, right? Until proven otherwise, I'll be given the benefit of the doubt and say, all right, cool. I'm expecting a strong, mm-hmm. you know, pair as a lane. And maybe like the best thing that Unforgiven can do for Kaiser is survive on his own. Who knows? We'll have to see how much of this luck support is going to keep showing up in meta. Please. Not that much. Please uh, back to engage supports, please. Dude, no TP bolt. Suck, suck, suck. A TP thing was, I mean... <laughs> TP's not dead. TP will still be in the game. Like, it's still really strong in just 14 minutes of Saksaksai lane phase, which is... I, I think it's kind of nice. It brings out more range supports. But um, the last thing I would say about Matt is just the coaching staff. Uh, huge prop to the, that coaching staff. They've yeah. scouted so many different players that fit into so many different teams, right? El Yoya is the standout for this year, but also like Arome and Shadow and things like this who were even Kaiser and Karzi, because I think they came off of big uh, at the time. Uh, I can't remember the specific team they came off, but they came off of uh, ERL teams straight in. Elioya didn't even make group stage of EU Masters, throwing it, throw him in. Uh, yeah. Some of these players are the same, right? Um, some of these players who were actually brought into the LEC didn't actually find much success in the ERLs. You think of Targamas, yes, he was very successful. But there's other players like Mercer who didn't even make playoffs, and now he's in the LEC, right? So uh, playoffs in the, in the LFL in summer. Uh, they, they, they finished like seventh, but now he's in the LEC. So it's all like, like a case of... When you're a coaching staff, do I scout the player who won EU Masters? Is that really the best players in their respective roles? Or I'll dig a little bit deeper. And Mad Lions is always that team that, you know, put that extra effort and time into just digging deep and finding talent that's like um, maybe a little bit under the radar. Yeah. And I think that, um, again, it's easy to have faith in that system when you see a player like Elioya and his meteoric rise. But we'll get to touch on Mad a little bit more as we kind of shift our attention to the tier list. Uh, we were originally going to pick mvps now too who's going to be the mvp of the entire season now it's a difficult thing especially if you're just joining us because we haven't talked about all the rosters so i vote we save it till after the tier list and we talk about it then because then we've hit out all the 10 teams we can talk about it we can look at potential mvp candidates as we go through because when i was writing this i was like oh yeah it's easy and now i'm realizing if you're just listening to this if you're just coming back into the world of lec then like you might not even know who is on (laughs) each of these teams which if you're like if you do know already like shout out to you dedication but there's still going to be some people who are like you know just now catching up so i vote we shift our attention to the they've been on holiday it's been christmas new year's a little bit of drinking a little bit of eating you know lec can wait till january oh lec starts this week what's the what's the deal what's the gossip dracos we need okay so rumor has it that cadrill no i'm kidding um Okay. Where, where do you want to? So here's how it's going to work. We have a tier list. I think bottom to top. We have five. So I've thought about this, and we guys, I'm going to level with you. You're Euphoria fans. You've seen us make a lot of these tier lists. We kind of botch this every year, so that we spend like 30 minutes on a team people aren't that excited about, and like five minutes on the favorites at the end of the thing. So my vote, Mr. Lamont, is that we just you pick a team you're excited to talk about. We rank them and we go to the next team. And we can adjust the tier list later. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I like that. see the tier list behind us. Because I don't want to spend, if we go 10 to 1, I don't want to spend 15 minutes on the 10th place team. Like, or like, you know, sometimes, yeah. All right, so pick a team. You can can kick us off. I can start. I can start. You know who I'm going to start with? I'm going to start with XL. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Let's go. 
genuinely think that this might be the year for XL. I have two dark horses in the LEC. And when I say dark horse, uh, my definition of dark horse, I think the definition of dark horse vary. My definition of dark horse is they will find a lot of success where people might not think they will find success. Not necessarily win the split. I just think that they will succeed more than they did last year. Um, my first dark horse is XL. So I'm going to put XL in B tier. Okay. Off the bat. Um, I think they'll make playoffs this year. And I think they will be top six in the league. I have a lot of faith in that jungle support that we saw in summer. I genuinely have a lot of faith. I think Nuketuck is reliable. I think he's good. I think Finn was done dirty, honestly. I mean, on Rogue, of course, he was the weak link. Mm -hmm. But I think CLG doesn't count. Doesn't count. Uh, he is a very good carry top. Uh, he's always consistent in solo queue, good mechanics. I think he. this is probably the best version of XL we've ever seen. And Patrick, I think Patrick is... Still, I don't, I don't want to say underrated because everyone still thinks Patrick's good, but he still does fly under the radar a lot when it comes to best AD carries in the league. I think he is a solid top five, top four, maybe, AD carry in the league. Um, they have a very strong bot lane. Their mid laner is very flexible. He's a veteran, yes. Nukeduck, it's the year of the duck. I'm not going to say that, right? Uh, I think Nukeduck, is he past his prime? I don't know, but I still think he is a reliable, strong, good mid laner, and that's something you need when you have players like Markoon, who will carry games for you, Finn, who will always want to play a carry top, and Patrick, you can always play for or put on weak side. What do you need if you have that many carry potential players or reliability players? You need a rock. I think Nuke Duck's a pretty good rock to have in the mid, especially in a, in a meta where roaming is rewarded, uh, roaming champs is rewarded, control mages are rewarded. You yeah. can play whatever. He has a champion ocean. Drop him on anything, he'll be fine. So I actually think XL. I'll say also one thing. I don't know if this is a hot take. I think 2022 LEC, I think the top half got stronger and I think the bottom half got weaker. And I think XL dodged both of those and they're just in the middle. Yeah. I think, whoa, okay. I agree. I think we a lot, a lot, this is like, obviously could be very much a bigger discussion and something that we can hit on as we get into later weeks, depending on the, the level of play we see domestically. But we lost a lot of really, really good players to North America. Like losing both yeah. Hansama and Whippo is, is a big deal. Losing Inspired is a big deal. Like there are a lot of good players that we lost and a lot of the <laughs> players who have stayed and a lot of the players who have promoted do not have that immediate like vote of confidence, I think. And and rightly so. And there's a lot of players who I'm excited for, but I'm not going to tell you that we have like that Shlatan, as much as you expect him to do well, is the next inspired right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like, we'll see if he gets there, but it's hard to look at the LEC and not say, okay, well, we've taken a bit of hit, at least in terms of reliable talent. That said, on Excel, I agree completely that they are one of the beneficiaries of this, of so many new rookies and so many teams making huge shuffles. The fact that they've changed one player is massive for their success this split. And it's hard because I kind of like, Excel has failed us so many times that it's like hard to believe in this organization, but I don't think I, could, I should let that like perception uh, affect this team of five players and so i'm skeptical about finn i agree we should write off clg but as you highlighted if we write off clg the last split that we have was the rogue split where like remember that was rogue and mad lions kind of being the new kids on the block contesting at worlds when we had four slots and it was both a Rome and finn who were kind of the weak links for their teams that were or that did make some of those games um super difficult so i want to see growth from finn no doubt but you're right that, that bottom side is super solid and I don't know. It's it's funny to me because Nuke Duck and Patrick almost seem like birds of a feather in the sense that they're 
they're both these players that we know are super good that have like not really reliably gotten the chance to show it and it just feels like they're always a bridesmaid never a bride you know like never are they going to get their chance center spotlight and i think that like in a world where everyone's trying to figure stuff out the fact that nuke duck Patrick, Markoon, Advian have all been on the same team is going to be huge. And remember, like after week four, when we got Markoon and Advian in, Excel actually looked like a playoffs contender. It was only like some last minute surges from Astralis, some crazy games that like ultimately like knocked them out of that place. And of course, the lackluster performance in the first few weeks um, that like held them back from that position in the past. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, they've always finished seventh. And just going back to what I said about the top half being stronger, the bottom half being weaker. If you just look across the board, like the teams who are contesting playoffs, right? Vitality is now a first, second place team. I think you'd agree, right? Top three. Mm-hmm. So they're not sure. really middle of the pack anymore. Misfits lost arguably their best player, Razork. He's now on the top of the pack uh, with Fnatic. Schalke lost Broken Blade. He went to G2. He's now at the top of the pack, right? These are top three, top four teams. But the middle slash bottom of the pack lost a lot of really good players on teams that were slightly weaker. Mm-hmm. And now that they've lost them, they've invested more in rookies or kind of other talent. Um, so I think that that just hurts the middle of the pack more, whereas XL didn't really lose anyone. They kept Nukeduck, they kept Patrick, they kept Advien, they kept Markun, they finished seventh. These are still decently good players that can probably crack a top six, but now you've just added Finn, where Kreis was like this inconsistency. Now you need to hope Finn is the reliability carry. Um, so I think things came together for them pretty well in the offseason. Um, so yeah, I think they're a middle of the pack team, B tier. Yeah, I think that fifth, sixth is kind of where I'm expecting them to finish right now if I had to put a placing on it. Obviously, we're predicting right now in this tier list for kind of start of season strength, and we'll see how that develops over the course of the split. Because a lot of these teams, even if we do initially expect them to not do very well, could develop very quickly. That is kind of always the question of spring split is kind of this arms race of of development, um, looking ahead even more towards summer and towards Worlds. So it's going to be a big, big season. Next up, after Excel... I'm debating if I want to go to the top. Let's go to the top of the table. Let's let's talk about vitality because we've been kind of we've been we've been okay dropping a little bit of vitality here and there, and I think that we should. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to talk too much about them until now. Yeah, so here's my debate. I I can't decide if if we even had. It's like God. I think oh, it's so hard because there's obviously one other team up here. The question, only question I have are Vitality S tier or Vitality A tier? And I don't have the answer, but let's discuss and maybe we can find out together where they should be. But what Mm -hmm. I'll say is we have two of the best laners and best players that Europe has ever produced in Alfari and Perks. And maybe you guys don't feel like Alfari deserves that title, but I think Alfari is still one of the most incredible talents. Oh yeah, in lane he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Now paired with, again, another one of our top junglers in self-made a guy who, as you highlighted earlier, like did so much work in keeping Vitality competitive as a team uh, coming out of last season, um, alongside, again, the back-to-back champion in Karzi and a promising young talent in Lebrov. This is the quintessential super team. Now, you could talk about str- like the entire top side is full of strong personalities, and I won't, you know, I haven't worked with any of these guys. Yep. This is all stuff we hear um, or see or hear talked about. These are three very strong personalities. I'm not going to tell you that Alfari benched Jet, but I do think that narrative is funny. Um, but like, <laughs> we have to see. So there is that. And I'm not going to say that there's like a lot of validity to any of the narratives of like, oh, this team could like explode at any moment. I think we have to wait to see. But I think it would be bad to talk about Vitality without talking about the potential for strong personalities to like divide a team rather than bring it together. What, what I will say about this strong personality discussion, as much as I think it's merited, uh, like Alfari, self-made perks, all strong personalities, who's got the, 
the, I won't say street cred, who's got the achievements to back his word, Perks, right? Yeah. Who's been to quarterfinals at Worlds and actually t- taken a team there as a mid laner, Perks? Who's been to finals, semifinals? Perks, not only does he have the achievements to back up his word, he also has the balls to speak up, I think. So as yeah. much as there's three strong personalities up there, I think no matter what, the final choice will always come down to Perks, just because of those two things. And I think Alfari and Selfmade are players who respect Perks enough. I think there's only, I think they, yeah, I think Perks is a player they respect enough to be like, actually, you know what, you're right. And that argument won't turn into, no, you're this, no, you're that, I think this, I think that. So I think the three strong personalities are the top side, but I think Perks will be the dictating factor behind those three personalities. Um, to me, Vitality, you just look across the roles specifically, individually, just look at the cross, all individual roles. I think you've got at least top two, minimum top three players in every single role. It's just I a think, case of can you bring them together? Yeah, I think, and I think to be fair, I think we're very excited about Lebrov, but I think Lebrov is a guy that will have to prove himself for that spot. And it's easy just to say Kaiser Hill is saying, and then like, I guess Lebrov is third, but I think there will be some people contesting and he is going to have to back that up. Because while we've, we both agree that there's a huge amount of potential there, we still haven't, like we're giving him the benefit of the doubt because we believe that this guy is good for so long, but we do, do still have mm-hmm. to see that come to fruition. I don't want to like celebrate him before he's actually like, earned that True. on stage with this team uh, but even even without that even if we say lebron is just top five the rest of this team is so freaking stacked that short of one of these mm-hmm. like personality disasters that people like are going to speculate about there's no way this team doesn't isn't top four like it's just like minimum top four even, no matter what and probably top two is the expectation that i would have for them or, straight up yeah just going on to lebron point i think the only sad part about this team is lebron might get a little bit overshadowed in terms of like publicity you know he's gonna have i imagine he's gonna have good games but he's gonna get overshadowed a little bit by the other players you know self-made popping off carsey popping off perks yeah. alfari popping off and everyone's just like oh yeah there are on that roster oh yeah so that's the kind of sad truth of it but uh if you watch the playoffs like self-made and labrov were doing so much work for that team um like labrov's alistar i can remember was mm-hmm. so 1v9 in some of the lec summer um so yeah, he's a player, again, we can't celebrate him as a top two, top three, top four player or whatever right now. Perhaps, I think it's definitely there though. The signs are there and now mm-hmm. he has a roster to show it. So as much as he will go under the radar, I'm going to keep my eye on him for sure because I think that um, I want to see if he can find success on a team that's actually really strong across the board and can facilitate him and he can facilitate them back. So um, I'm excited for this team. I think this is an S tier team. Um, if this team fails, then I don't know what a super team is anymore when you take the best, arguably best laning Western top laner, the arguably best player of all time, uh, self-made, who he's self-made, an AD carry who just won back-to-back championships wow, and most hype support. We... Like, maybe I'm going too hard on this team, <laughs> but uh, anything but top two would be a disappointment. I agree, but can we line this up with what we said about G2 last season when they picked up Reckless? We're like, is there any way that this team can possibly lose? And then they just <laughs> sucked. They just weren't that good. They were just like super <laughs> yeah, mediocre. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm with you. But I'm just saying like, mm. on paper, I have no reason to doubt this. But I've said that about just about every super team that's ever been conceived. And yet always there's that chance. So we'll see. We'll wait and we'll yeah. see. I'm also super excited. Uh, what I will say is my only question I have for you is um, if you're a Vitality fan mm-hmm. or you're an LEC fan and Vitality, well, you see the Vitality roster, what do you think would satisfy your this is a super team requirements? Is it quarterfinals at Worlds? Is it back-to-back championship? What, what would make you say, damn, that actually is a super team and they're finding success? I think you need, 
it's hard because I think that the expectations are it's so really high. It's really hard. Because I, I, cause I'm immediately yeah. thinking of international. I'm not even thinking of, I'm thinking, when I think domestic, I'm like, it's finals and it has to be a good best of five. You don't have to win, but it has to be a damn close best of five. You know what I mean? And then hmm. worlds out of groups. And that's insane pressure to put on a team. Because like ultimately, yes, all these players are super accomplished, but that's no, that doesn't mean that they've like instantly done all the work they need to do as a team. So I feel bad. I feel bad putting that high of it's, expectations it's, on them, but like that's what it means to be a super team at EU now. And that's like even that compared to like the expectations we had for EU teams after G2 won MSI or the or Worlds 2019 where we got three teams out of groups. That doesn't feel crazy to just be like, you need to get out of groups, you need to be in finals. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because like Perks made top eight at Worlds with C9 and no one really expected it, but they did it, right? But it was never really a super team. Um and then you look at Vitality and you're like, well, if they made top eight at Worlds, would that if they got knocked out in quarters, is that a, is that is that a super team? Is this really like is this what we're gonna call it? But then again, the next step is top four at Worlds, of course, right? And when you're having eight Eastern teams, four from the LPL and four from the LCK, uh, two other EU teams and things like this, and you say you need to make top four at Worlds with this roster minimum, be able to like merit the worth of a super team because G2 have made finals, Fnatic have made the finals, G2 have made semis, Fnatic have made semis, right? This is the I think the benchmark is actually semifinals at an international event. I, I I will say that I think that because I think that draw can affect a lot there, right? And we've seen EU teams get to semifinals through very easy opponents. I'll say that you have to I think you need to have a competitive best of five against a, an LPL team or an LCK team. And I think I, yeah. I want them yeah. to win, and that's great. That's a great achievement. But if you go to five games against former world champions or, you know, a DK or, you know, whoever. I think, and it's like a good series, kind of like Mad Hat and MSI. That's that is enough for me to be like, damn, good job. You know, like we can be we Old. can be proud of that. I think again, 2019, I would have wanted you to win that series because G2 were beating Korean teams. You know, like just keep beating T1 over and over again. You know, so but now as clearly LPL and LCK continue to level up, and I felt like we were a bit behind this year. Yeah, to have a competitive best of five against one of those teams, that's that's good enough for me. But even that, we're getting so far ahead of ourselves, right? We're like we've already like selected yeah. vitality as a potential world representative and there's still nine other teams that they have to go through um and that's like that's huge that's a lot of pressure on these players hopefully they can just take it a, a week at a time because if they're sweating worlds already they might you know get sunk in lec as you can't you can't look ahead you have to look at the opponent in front of you you know yeah i think a lot of people when they think of this roster just final thoughts it's like it's almost like a train and the train's probably getting faster and faster and faster throughout the year because they're probably getting better and better and better but the second that train falls off the tracks it's never getting back on you know i think that's might be some of the kind of thoughts that people have about this team so i'm interested to see what happens is it going to implode is it going to pop off is it going to win back-to-back titles is it going to bomb out like g2 uh, it's really hard to tell yeah have to wait and see all right Kate, but, uh, who you got s tier i'm i'm, I'm I'm on the S tier vitality, but I'm going to follow up with the second S tier team, <sighs> which I think is <laughs> Fnatic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I think Fnatic. We're getting, the, we're getting, we're getting, I was, I was hoping we were going to wait. We're going to get both the S tier teams out of the way. All right. What do you got for me, bro? What do you got? What do you mean both? Maybe there's a third. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we did the problem spoiler. We made out. a top 10 list on your stream like a month ago. And unsurprisingly, no, we didn't. these no, two we were didn't. the top. And everyone, I mean, if you look at yeah, these yeah. rosters and you have anyone else in top two, either I respect your use of recreational drugs or I would love to hear your arguments. Like, whatever you prefer, <laughs> feel free to tweet at me. Um, but yeah, like, if you anything, anything other than these top two, please, like, 
check uh, i mean check your over. biases at the door <laughs> yeah and like maybe let me know because maybe we did miss something i don't want to yeah, say yeah. That we're like flawless maybe they know but... something maybe they're prophets maybe they've seen the future and they know that this team's gonna win anyway <laughs> fanatic the cool thing to me about fanatic is what a shitstorm of an off season they had to finish with such a good off season like what the hell happened in fanatic because you go from having like this god-awful off season publicly to then having the Thanos gauntlet, where you've got all your infinity stones. Upset Hilly, best bot lane EU. Humanoid, best mid EU who just won back-to-back -back titles. Rasork, MVP of Misfits. Wunder, top laner of G2. And they went... <laughs> and now it's yeah. a case of can they... You know? Can no, they snap then, their fingers? I think the just... Thanos metaphor is perfect because this is why we talk about the league being top-heavy. It's just like Fnatic existing. Just like, bam, half the league is no longer eligible for playoffs. You know what I mean? Just like, you guys are yeah. gonna get obliterated. G2 top... Misfits jungle, mad mid, yoink, mine now. I, I don't know how they pulled that off in the offseason, but they did. And the second funniest thing to me about this offseason is, I think after the series between Fnatic and G2, all the Fnatic fans were like shitting on Wunder, like, yeah, take that, Adam's better, the Yumi scream thing. Well, okay, ha -ha -ha. to be fair, Wonder also now, shat on Fnatic at every waking opportunity. I don't yeah, want to make this sound like this is like, <laughs> Wonder is very publicly a, talked trash all the time. <laughs> Not that that I, just... will, I will say he came into my I came into my stream a couple days ago and he wrote G2 Kek W. So he's already on the other side of the train now. I think he's ready to take his revenge on G2. But now yeah, like I was saying, like everyone, you know, Wunder versus Fnatic, Fnatic versus Wunder. And now three months later, fast forward. Now it's your top laner, boys. Like, is everyone back on the Wunder train? Because uh, I will say, from my opinion, Wunder was, you know, 2019, the best top in EU by far. Uh 2020. Ups and downs. 2021 also ups and downs. The whole team had ups and downs. Um, the memes of him playing WoW, not playing solo queue, not taking it seriously, la 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 la. I think, I think this Fnatic roster and Wunder now swapping teams is actually a, a couple of good positives. The first one, it's a kick up the ass. The second one, it's a change of environment. And the third one is now he has more motivation perhaps because, you know, he's on a new roster, new thoughts around the team. Uh, it's not the G2 laid back like, yeah, we'll win summer anyway. I will win playoffs. I will win spring. You know, now it's a, a very different environment, very different training environment, different expectations. Uh, I think Wunder is, in my eyes, going to be reawoken. I think the Beast will be reawoken. Will he be 2019 Wunder? I think that's very hard to say. I, I doubt he'll be 2019 Wunder. But he will go remnants of it, I hope. And I think Wunder will be back this split. And that's why I'm excited for this roster. Yeah, and I think that there are some good questions to ask about this roster and one of them is are we going to see wonder come back to peak form uh how is humanoid going to do on a new team because like we all expect this similar to wonder who we talk about wanting that kick in the butt and that motivation humanoid not necessarily needing a kick in the butt but is a dude who dealt with a ton of burnout last year on mad um and this is something that mad has a lot of experience dealing with both humanoid and what he needs to be successful and burnout and i think that uh Yamato Cannon is no doubt no stranger to that either, just because I think that it's a very rigorous schedule to be in a pro team completely. But there are going to be new challenges. And like I think it's easy to give Wonder and Humanoid both the benefit of the doubt. They're going to be super fired up and raring to go. But we were talking last year about Humanoid being a guy who like plays to the level of his opponent. Like when you're at Worlds, Humanoid is fired up. He's he's fighting for his life to go toe-to-toe -to -toe yeah. with mid laners. When you come back after going to Worlds to LEC regular season, fresh year. Is he going to come in with that same motivation? Is he going to be trying to, you know, like come in at 100% every single game? And I, I'm inclined to say, yeah, but I think it's a fair question to ask um, for both those players is like, what level do we see them at? What level do they, how, how long does it take them to get back to that peak? 
Because definitely, like, as stacked as this team is on paper, all these players still need to be performing at the top level for this to be the S tier that we expect it to be. Yeah, I think the the fire and the hunger, I think the person with the most of it is probably going to be Razork. Because mm-hmm. he's always been on teams who have just come close, you know. Uh, they made playoffs, but they never really dented playoffs. They never really made top three. And now he's on a roster that can make top three. And he has the potential to do it himself as well. So now he's sitting around, sitting at his chair. You know, he's looking around him. He's got the best bot lane in Europe last year. He's got 29, like one of the best top laners in Europe, like just two years ago, who made a world final. He's got the person who just won back-to-back splits next to him. He's thinking, damn, I, you know, if I really do put the work in like I did in 2021, I might actually win myself a title here. Um, so I think he's definitely really hungry because he's never really won one yet. Um, Upset hasn't either, but I think he's shown incredible domestic success last year alongside Hillisang. Um, so I think... Yeah, it's the Thanos Infinity Gauntlet. It's a case of whether they can click their fingers. Um, but I think Fnatic have done themselves a bloody good job in this offseason. That, yeah. that, that re- if you ask me what Fnatic's roster in 2022 would, would be at the end of 2021, I would never have said that they got Mad Smith, Misfits Jungle, and G2 Stop never in a million years. Well, and I think for Fnatic fans, it's got to feel so good because last year was such a mess in terms of like... Building building a roster that was going to perform at the level that you wanted to perform. You had the Bwipo roll swap to jungle, Adam coming in. And ultimately, don't get me wrong, that Fnatic roster ended up doing incredible things. That playoff run was still was awesome. One of the best things domestically we've seen in a long t- time outside of like the Shalka Miracle run. But it was a lot of it was a lot of heart stopping moments though. I think a lot of Fnatic fans were like, guys, can you stop with the five game series? Well, can we just three yeah. O someone and get to the final safely? Like, come on, guys. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, it's not like anyone I would <laughs> never have called them a safe bet. You know what I mean? And certainly at the start of the season it was yeah. it was pretty rocky. And it's you know, understandably so. You got Adam coming in as a rookie and you got Whippo in a new in a new position. All of that makes sense. But for this, this feels like the first time in a while that Fnatic has been like, Wow, I believe that this this team can hit the ground running mm. and should hit the ground running. And I'm also, I'm excited for for Yamato canon too, because I think that like, we've seen Yamato bring up rookie teams. We've seen him deal with, uh, you know, Fnatic in this like chaos last season where they weren't quite able to like find a solid footing. Now he has all the pieces necessary to win a title, you know? And this is, I think, a huge opportunity for him as a coach who's been around for a long time to like, to just, to win, to win it all. Because like, this is probably, in terms of five players, one of the best opportunities you're going to get. We've already talked about Vitality, who are their biggest competition. And honestly, after these two teams, there's a pretty decent gap. So this is like, you have got the tools, everything, all the variables around you are set up for success too, in the sense that like the league is top heavy right now. And like huge opportunity for both Fnatic to like come back and get a title again, as well as Yamato can and a guy who's been chasing one for, for a long time. Would you say this Fnatic roster is a super team? Well, I think you have to, because I think that like, while while it's easy to forget about Wonder's pedigree in light of last year, uh, and it's easy to forget, Humanoid is a guy who's been a little all over the place historically, but has always was able to find results in the last year. I think this is a super team. I think that like, you can't tell me that Humanoid being the best performing mid laner in LEC is worth more than perks being, you know, the one of the best, if, I didn't really watch that much LCS, the best, or if not one of the best LCS performing mid laners, you know what I mean? Like you can't, like, even if perks has all that history behind yeah. him, humanoids, the guy last year who was actually making shit happen domestically. Like he it's, was the rock for mad for so much of the year. I wonder what defines super team, right? Cause that's just such an interesting discussion to me because you look at vitality and you think 
super team. But you look at Fnatic and you don't really think instantly super team. But if you look on paper, they have two world finalists. They have three LEC champions, right? In uh, Wunder, Humanoid, and Hillesang yeah, as LEC champions. Hillesang, Wunder is a world finalist. You, you look at Vitality and it's just Perks is only, the only one who's won an LEC title. Perks, the only one with the world finals. Everyone around him... Uh, sorry, Karsi as well. So there's two, two LEC titles, sorry. Uh, but in terms of world finals and things like this, you know, it's perks. In terms of achievements, Fnatic has more from the individuals. It's just the names. Is it the names that are bigger or the expectations that are higher on I the vitality it's, players? It's perks. Uh, like, I, I, not to like cut off your... Yeah, it's perks. Yeah, it's perks. Because perks is a yeah, weight right. of achievements perks. is so good that if you put perks next to top two, top three players in their position in, on any team, you'd call that a super team. Because Humanoid has a ton yeah. of domestic achievements. And he's so does done that make him well a super player? Yeah, Perks is, Perks is whatever positive adjective you want to throw on him. <laughs> you can throw on him. The GOAT of EU, <laughs> the most successful European player of all time. Like, Perks is a legend. There's nothing you can take away from Perks. And Humanoid's getting yeah. there. But um, that's a sheep, not a goat. But I don't know what you're... Wait, do goats also Wait, bad? Wait, what does a goat make? I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, do goats also bad? Okay, let us know. I, I don't want to... They don't. must They must bad. I don't know what else they would make. The cow goes moo. The pig goes oink. The, I didn't the, have that button on my little bad. toy when I was like a, a toddler. You know what I mean? The goat. What is the goat? Does the, someone yeah, like yeah, with all the animal noises. Like. I don't like it's a Perks yeah. interview clip because I or a little You know how you know what a girl? Uh, uh, you know what a, you know what a goat <laughs> sounds like? Do I know what a girl sounds like? No, no, no. Like sounds sounds like. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say goat. I meant to say goat. Do you know what a goat sounds like? Uh-huh. A goat says, watch me. Ooh, 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 ooh I like that's it. That's what a goat says. There you, you go. like that? That's Come a good transition. Um, but yeah, I think that Fnatic are also a super team. And they have, like, yeah. just their bot lane alone, Upset Hill is saying, is, you know, the Ming Gala. I don't know what, what bot lane they want to be, if they want to be compared to the, the Mako Viper bot lane now. Whatever they want to be compared to. They are all uh, I would say it's more like a Guma Yusi carrier. That's fair. I like that. Anyway, yeah. that's Fnatic. And I think these are the two teams we expect to be fighting it out. Um, I think we can shift now. Let's... Damn, it's so Your hard turn. not to just go in order. Do you want to go in a completely different direction and go down to the bottom? No, go, go crazy. Best? Yeah, go go crazy at the bottom. Go, I, go crazy at the bottom. Uh, let's, uh, let's just grab the team that belongs in the D tier. It's like it's reserved for them. Oh, every time. Every time Astralis is in D tier, man. All right, we just now, click and oh, yeah, drag you, you Astralis go first. down. Yeah, I'll go first, then you can go. Um, God, there's a lot to... It's hard. This is what I will say. As a pundit of this league, I generally want to be supportive of any team, but it's hard to be super psyched about Astralis when they changed so little of things that ultimately didn't work for them. Now, it's important that we do acknowledge, I think, that they had a great run at the end of last season. A lot of that was Zanzara's trundle, and I'm legitimately excited for Zanzara, and I want, I want to see what Dior can do uh, in the mid lane. But like Promise Q, you know, not, not the best performing support in our league by any means. White Knight had Lee Sin, but past that, you know, one or two really good games. We were starting to get hype for White Knight, but again, most of the season, not super standout. Zanzara, innovator, creative player, still, I think, was ranked one of, only did not get the worst uh, jungler because of Kire, who was, like, hard choking on stage, um, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, when you, and then Kabe, who has been Mr. Reliable for years, but, like, Astralis has a lot of people who are, like, I don't even want to say reliable. Uh, reliable is not enough. So, like, unless Dayor is, like, a really standout carry on this team, there's, like, no evidence to support that this team is 
going to make playoffs. Now, they could make a miracle run, and I would be excited to see it happen. Goldberg pointed out that maybe, like, hey, maybe we're too critical of Astralis. But, like, until it happens, I will not believe it because this team on paper uh, is just not giving me or anyone else, I think, a lot to work with. The thing is, when I look at Astralis, I feel like their wins come off the individual, right? So Zanzara's Trundle, you said it. White Knight's Lee's in Renekton games, the individual. Jeskla has a few pop-off games, the individual. Magic Felix finds one backdoor to get them a win, the individual. And it never really felt like this was a team that was winning games. And when the individuals are weaker than others in the league, then that's how high the team can go, right? Vitality last year, you know, Selfmade pulled them through some games. And the individual itself, Selfmade is a fantastic player. So he, in playoffs, maybe almost brought them to fifth. Did very well to find into playoffs in the first place. Um, then you look at Astralis, it's as strong as the individual. Those individuals, to me, don't really f look like playoffs defining players. And when they're only off-season, it's just changing out their mid and then slotting in a consistent AD, you know, Mr. Consistent Kobe. I'm not sold. Especially when the mid is... the, the Yor, as my, I'm not going to criticize the Yor as a player at all, but he has not been playing competitive for very long whatsoever. I think he's played one split or two splits max. Yeah. I don't know the exact number, but he hasn't been playing much whatsoever. Um, so there's nothing like jumping out of the page to me when I look at this team. Um, I mean, Dayo did make, a, I think it was an EU Masters... Uh, finals in summer uh, and he was playing like insane games on TF and Rise and maybe there's something there so I'm glad that they found a rookie because at least they have that X factor if Dior is popping off and Zanzara can be the reliability like you said and then maybe they can funnel into Dior but I don't really see who's carrying the games because before Jeskla was the only one to lean to and White Knight when it was meta defining now I'm kind of like well you have a roaming mid player who's shown things like Rise TF and Seraphine Silas. You've got White Knight in a meta where it's like very jungle top dependent, so that feels very difficult in Europe. Um, and then Mr. Consistent Kobe, which is like, granted he was never really inting, but he was never really like popping off in games. He was just always doing his job. Um, so yeah, and you can talk about their past achievements, but even in 2021, they finished ninth. And then in, in, in summer, they finished like seventh, eighth. It's like, well, you can say that they're one win away from these things, but that applies to everyone, you know? Yeah, if you're 10th like, or if you're 7th, most being, of the time in the ADC you're separated by one or two wins, unless you're 0-16, right? Well, and that'll happen. But I think for the last couple of years, most of our playoffs have been decided by one win, one tiebreaker. We've, and I love it. I yeah. love that we have such close playoff races, but it also means that like being one win away from playoffs is not as much of an achievement as maybe it would be in splits where you know there are some 0-16 teams. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that the big thing just to distill it down as simply as possible is that like last year we were waiting to see which player would be the carry on Astralis for people to play around because we were like, wow, we have some smart players. We have some players that can set other people up for success, but who the hell are they setting up? And if that's Dayor, if that's Kabe, if Kabe's going to, you know, put on the carry pants and not be Mr. Consistent, but be Mr. Hyper carry, like maybe this team can do something. But sadly mm -hmm. for, for Dayor, who I think is, is, is the guy on this team that probably will get, uh, will not get as much time to prove himself before he's just immediately doubted because Astralis has been so historically unsuccessful. Um, it's just that when you're scouted by Astralis, it's not the same thing as being scouted by Mac. You know what I mean? Like I give Unforgiven a mm -hmm. little bit of the benefit of the doubt, even though he has similarly and, and less actual achievements than Dayor because again, because Mac is like, I put faith, my faith in this guy. He staked his reputation on that guy and Mac's reputation is big. You know, this is a man who's one of the, most successful coaches in the last few years and certainly one of the most respected coaches whereas Astralis are a team that have not really achieved anything since the first splits with Origin. 
Yeah, and if you look at, I, don't, I haven't watched all their games from last year, I can't remember completely, but especially in summer, a lot of their games were won from being down in gold, right? They were down 5, 6k, 4, 5k, whatever it may be. They, yeah, no, they were down they like found, one point. They, they were behind in, in every single game, Gadriel. They were never, yeah. they were and the then, team, yeah. The individual clutched it out, right? A, a white knight leasing kick, a white knight pentakill, Jessica pops off in a fight, you know, they find these, I think there was only one or two games where they actually definingly won a game. I think they had a game, I don't know who it was against, Schalke maybe, they were 23, 24 minute win. That was their only real defining win. Um, so you can argue objective bounties, poggers, you know, they're going to fall behind. They're going to come back even harder now. And it's like, well, I never really trust teams that can not get ahead in the first 20 minutes of the game. Um, you know, uh, and as much as the opposite side of the coin is rogue, you know, the rogue time, uh, Keck, um, I think having a good fundamental is always strong, but this team never really felt like they had strong fundamentals as a team. It just felt like the individual found the play and then they found their way back into the game by just... Um, obvious shot calling in terms of like, oh, we made a pick. Let's just flip Baron. Flip Baron works. Okay, we're back in the game. This is not a team you can bet on. I think is is where we're at. And ultimately, I hope we're wrong because I, I don't I don't want to immediately be putting a team down in tenth place every single time we make one of these tier lists. But again, when you make small changes and the smallest changes last year, spring to summer, and then pretty small changes, but, all things considered, here again after failing, it's hard to like super believe in your team. The good thing if you're an Astralis fan. Rating them low means they can only break expectations, which is also a good thing. I think, uh, especially if I was a player and I was like, oh, social media is ranking me the worst team in the LEC. I've got nothing to lose. You know, what, what have I got to lose if I'm already the worst team in the LEC in everyone's minds already? Then you make playoffs. Wow. Miracle run, Cinderella story. This team's amazing. More in-depth look at the players. You generate a lot more hype around you. So um, if I was placed in C plus tier as a Detralis player, I wouldn't really have that kind of uh, boom in yeah, it's also uh, eyes on me if I was to make playoffs, right? So not a bad thing if you're a player like people can call it um mean if they want to and and i don't think it's mean because it's not we're not doing this with any intention i just think it's important that you do not like this is not the participation trophy trophy football that i played when i was in middle school you know what i mean like it's dope when you suck and then you prove or people expect you to suck and you prove them wrong and you make playoffs that's mm. great that's a great thing but the only reason that's cool is because people didn't expect to see you do it in the first place like we're almost taking away from any potential future success if we write them in as a playoff team when they aren't so i i say prove us wrong i would be glad to sit here and like interview promise q or kabe and be like yo we were wrong you guys are cracked you know like how did you do it yeah. how did you make it happen how, or like aod how did you know that Dior was going to be the next faker i would love to have that interview i would love to be wrong but until proven otherwise i'm not going to change my prediction and i don't think you're going to anyone should until they show us that so that's kind of i feel like yeah where we're at for astralis all right didi we got six teams left we gotta bang 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 these yeah you yeah, are so, not the bang bang I, my I, I, turn okay fine your turn your turn I like pace. If you ever watch my stream, I like speed. I like power. I like pace. It's about drive. It's about power. Okay. We, we stay, stay humble. Hungry. We, we devour. All right. We stay hungry, dude. What? Learn what? Okay. All right. Go, I'm go, gonna go. pull out. I'm gonna pull out SK Gaming, and <gasps> I'm gonna put them. Oh, I don't know where to put them. I'm on the CD area. On the CD. CDs. Yeah. Okay. There's a joke in there. Anyway, SK Gaming. Um, treats. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he's back in support. This is Me already too. a positive. Jezu. This bot lane. I'm happy. 2021 Spring. Run back. Fantastic. Love it. Gen X. Actually think reliable top laner. Not too bad. He had very good stats because he was playing a lot of ranged top laners. So he was obviously winning his lane a to a point. Pick. But obviously yep. the team was crumbling. A lot of counts pick. That's the thing. Uh, but the team was crumbling around him. Certus. 
not super hyped on him, but he has been in ERLs for a long time. He has been hovering around the top of ERLs. He's never really stood out to anyone in, in, in their minds like, wow, this guy is uh, the next Caps, the next Faker, whatever it may be, whatever you want to call it. Um, he made a, a semis in the EU Masters, right? He's a reliable control mage player, plays a little bit of, of, of roaming champion. So I think good good player to look at, good investment. Kind of kind of happy about that. I like I like that they're trying to bring in a new mid laner here. Gilius, the return of Gilius. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. We haven't seen him for a while. The last time we saw him, not much success. Um, but still, I think Gilius is a player who you can always rely on, in, in, especially well, in the LEC. Like, he's always going to do his job. And if, to me, Gilius is one of those players who has so much veterancy that he's been in every situation. He's been on high highs. He's been on low lows. He looks to me like... The biggest thing, if I was a coach or if I was in a team with Gilius, I think this guy is a game changer out of the game, 100%. This seems like the guy who will get you rallied up no matter what your scoreline is. He'll humble you down if you're winning. Um, so I think that's always good to have. Yeah, and I think there's a, it's important to talk about a couple of things here. One is SK's last season, and like it's all new support staff. So Swiffer, formerly of the Chiefs, legendary OPL team. Um, who was the XL Academy coach that brought up Markun and Advian is now coaching SK Gaming. This is a guy I'm very excited about, um, but I also have a bias for Australians because all my favorite actually, shoutcasters are wait. Australian. So go ahead. Before you continue, I actually, I actually want to apologize. Point I, for I me actually to leave off. Go completely, ahead. I completely forgot that Gilius was on their spring playoffs. Yeah, lineup, of was course. On the and then spring he got replaced going into summer. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, that completely slipped my mind. Where they beat, they beat G2 in a best of five. Uh, then they went yeah. through on to playoffs. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, last time I see Gilius, he was playing fantastically. It was the Hecarim Udyr meta. I just remembered. Yeah, sorry, carry on. No, you're good. Yeah, so I think it is important to note that, yeah, that was the, the trajectory. And it was the Kire sub-in, which was supposedly very good in scrims, but ultimately just never made its way to stage. Uh, that was it, yeah. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for this team. I think Swivers has potential as a coach. Um, it seems like he did very well with XL. The XL Academy lineup coming out of NLC. And I'm ready to see what he can do with SK Gaming. Already, we're coming in with a much better foundation than last year. We're not going to have any weird coach sub-ins. We're not going to have any weird role swaps. And for True. me, Gilius is exciting because Gilius is always exciting. I don't think I, me or anyone else is going to try to play into the Gilius memes for a little while. We may have uh, beat that horse dead a few times over. But Jezu oh, and Treats. Yeah. <laughs> Gilius, Gilius, God of Lee Sin. Uh, Jezu, Jezu Treats is exciting to me. I think that has the potential to be a top three top four bottom lane when they're playing well treats was you know the mvp of that sk lineup that did manage to make playoffs it was him who had all these moment defining plays like if anyone is going to contest lebrov as the third best support in the league or more depending we'll see how lebrov does um i think treats is one of the players who can do it now he did play a split of jungle he does have to come back but this is this is a player who has had right. those huge moments gen x i'm not sold on by any means but i agree with you that he's like reliable maybe that's enough maybe they keep giving him counter pick and range top laners so he can get cs leads and Sirtis is a question mark so this team is to me i would say on paper middle of the pack clearly um but the ceiling is probably lower on this team at least in terms of expectations than it would be for a completely rookie jungler because Gilius's highs are pretty mm -hmm. high and higher than a lot of rookies highs are on average but he doesn't have yeah. that self-made ceiling he doesn't have that el yoya ceiling or at least we haven't seen that from him yeah that, that's the thing i think the ceiling of this team is low but it's not bad right like you said, middle of the pack. I think the star player is obviously Treats. It's just a question of how much can Treats get done. Because in spring 2021, he got a hell of a lot done for that team. 
Um, the question is, can he find that again? Can he do it again? Can he get the champions to do it again? Can he get the game states to do it again? Star players definitely treats. Um, but like, I wouldn't put them in B tier because I think you're right. The ceiling is just, it's hard to see. Um, but again, the bottom is, is far away as well. It's not like they're going to be a last place team by no means. I think this team is fighting for playoffs. Yeah, well, I think it's, Again, depending on how Strahls does, I think it's actually the the race for playoffs and specifically, I think, sixth place, fifth place is super tight. And like this is one of the areas where I feel the least and maybe you feel differently. I feel the least confident in predicting because SK Gaming is a team that could, through good teamwork and good leadership, be, you know, top five team in the league or it could blow up in their face and this team could look like a hot mess. You know what I mean? Like it's really... It's hard. It's hard. Because so I'm inclined to say, yeah, they could fight for playoffs, but I wouldn't, I don't think that they're like, they're not up there with Excel, where Excel feels like a safe bet for playoffs. This is just a team that's in the running for playoffs in my eyes. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think the the strongest factor for this team will be teamwork, just team. The vibes outside the game, I think Gilius brings it, Swiffer brings it. I think as a whole, there's no one like explosive on this roster. I think, you know, it might be a bit hard to deal with outside the game or inside the game. I feel like Jesu is very humble. He's very down to earth. He's very cool guy to, you know, He's very supportive. Reitz is the same. Gen X is the same. And then Gillies is always going to ramp them up. Be like, who the hell are we playing against? I don't even have these nameplates on. Is this some kind of bronze team we're against? You know, when they're playing against like one of the best teams in the league. You know, uh, I don't know how Surtis' personality is, but the, I think that's going to be a locker room diff, that team. Um, and I think that can take you to high highs. Um, it's a very underrated kind of thing to have when you're, all your team is just, you know, fully focused, not even tilting, just all one goal. Everyone's happy. Yeah. All right. You did SK, right? So it's my, right, your it's my turn. turn. Yeah. Okay, let's <clears throat> let's round out the bottom of the table. BDS. Where are it's they a, going? Ooh, it's a C or a D angle. All right, oh, let's I talk know. about it. All right, so let's just... I, I want to say that I have very little faith in BDS um, because I think that the best player on their lineup on paper is limit and limit was a good support player don't get me wrong but like i'm skeptical about synchrov i'm skeptical x maddie yes i saw their k corp success they're players that have been around for a long time they are i think rookies in name only in the sense that they have like when you played an erl for long enough i think you basically have the lac experience and maybe i'm wrong I haven't played there myself um but you look at adam he's a guy who had some success on Fnatic, but it was super feast or famine and yeah, You know, like, I don't think that he's a reliable top top lane in the league. I think he absolutely could become one. And I think Nuclear Int was pretty mediocre throughout last year. And he was the player that BDS opted to build this roster around. So the thing that I'm most excited about is Grabs and Duffman together as an analyst coaching duo on a team that's not G2 and Limit, because I think Limit was one of our great playmaking supports um, when, Fina- when Schalke were doing well. So everything else to me is like, eh? Eh? like i'm not i'm not even yeah, like i'm not I, super fired up like I, what yeah what's your read on this i think adam is just so volatile like uh as a player i think he had the most solo kills but i, I think he goes to one who got solo killed the most or something like most isolated deaths like you know he's fighting a lot and you can see it from his champ when he's playing things like darius and olaf right these are his counterpicks so there's a lot of volatility on the top side if you can control it i think they can find some success um, but if you play away from it, then it's, you're going to struggle, I think, because Adam will always find risky plays on his own, right? Whether it's just pushing out his top waves, running mid and just seeing if a mid gank works. Either he gets his flash, sometimes he gets a kill, 
Maybe he loses waves top for it. Maybe he gets nothing and loses all the waves top and now top's really hard, right? So I like watching Adam. I will say uh, it's fun to watch, but I, I think that team is kind of going to be defined by him. Um, now, Nuclear Int, very underwhelming, I think, throughout the year. Uh, I didn't really see it too much in summer. He had a couple of good TF games here and there. Um, maybe he can facilitate his top side. Syncroft, similarly, it's like the team was winning. And Syncroft was doing a lot to win it, but I don't see a ceiling that's extremely high for Syncroft. Um, but I do think he is the, probably the most consistent player on that, on that lineup next to Limit. How him and Limit function together will be very important. Because I think this team needs to get top ahead, otherwise they're going to struggle. I think Matty's always going to be a safe bet if you put him on like an Estrel or, or, or a Ziggs or whatever. I think Matty's very flexible, he can do his job. They've got good vibes as well, right? Uh, Matty and Syncroft coming from... The same team grabs well, a lot of experience to kind of dictate how this team works but the pieces just seem like they don't fit very well together it's very hard to kind of put it into words i will say that we kind of gave we said s wow this is the worst analysis of all time we said sk passed the vibe check i'd say that bds could pass the vibe check too i think obviously like people are going to have strong feelings about adam after a lot of the offseason stuff but i think putting that aside for a second i think like syncroft and limit are both much older players and i would expect them to be more mature that's not always how it lines up but i think as guys who have been around for a long time and who have been able to continuously find teams for a while i think they're guys you expect to be more mature i think grabs and duckman are established limit has some good experience and so if we talk about nuclear and adam as kind of the two younger players on the lineup i think that we now get to see how adam functions outside of fanatic and maybe could be a level up for him depending on what he's able to do maybe get out of I love his unique picks but at the same time i do want to see more than just the unique picks and similarly nuclear and mm. Again, like that was that team was such a disaster in summer. It's like I don't I I think the best thing we can do for Nuclear Ant is just give him a blank slate and trust that people have seen things that we have not from him and set the expectation that like okay we'll just have to wait and see. But the thing is, even when we say all that, even when we do all that, I think they are at best right there alongside SK. And if you're more skeptical than that, I think they're down there with Astralis in terms of. Probably not yeah. on the same level as Astralis. Maybe they're in the D-plus tier. But, like, this is a team that is not a we're going to win spring split investment. This is a we believe we will grow into summer kind of investment, at least when I look at it on, on paper. And I just think that spring is going to be generously a learning process and probably a very difficult split. Yeah. I think summer would definitely be better for this team, I, I would hope. Because you look at the players, right? You've got uh, Nuclear into Matty. Matty brand new to the LEC. Uh, nuclear into who needs to kind of I mean, he only, he only had one split, right? So having another split under his belt would really help him. Adam to find his groove, his consistency, find where he fits in the team. And then Syncroft, who's now back in the LEC. All led by Grabs, who I think is like the best piece, I think, of BDS. Not in terms mm -hmm. of like strength, just like bringing it all together. I think Grabs is the one who can bring it all together. I think the coaching staff is really crucial for this team. Um, any other coaching staff, I'm not sure if it would work so well, but I think having so much experience, been to so many high highs and so many low lows is... On like grabs, who's been in, I don't know how long he's been in the LEC, but I'm gonna say random guess of like five, Since five, four, Rocket five years. I remember Rocket days. days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gambit, he was a Gambit so, an analyst. All right, we'll have to talk to him. I know Grab. Grabs, tell us when you we need a Grabs story at some point. Yeah, but the, the 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 biggest problem I see right out the gates is just when I see Adam's last picks and his blind picks, I worry for the team because. As much as you want to like uh, draft, a, I don't know, a, a Lux lane bot, for example, or you know, some kind of mid matchup which is like really volatile. 
feel like a lot of the fanatic drafts when it came to like last picks for Adam, a lot of it was kind of the reliability just came from Set a lot of the time and Renekton maybe. Um, and then other than that, things like Darius and Olaf. So I, yeah, Adam to me is the biggest question mark. It's like, can he's, we contain a little bit of the volatility? Can we mm -hmm. can we tone it down a little bit and let's he's, let's let's chill out? You know, let's farm a bit because I know a second the second enemy top walks up for a creep, Adam's just gonna hit him. He's just gonna Adam just don't hit him. No, if I'm with you, but if he plays, to me he's it's kind of similar to when we talk about leader in the sense that he plays the champions he plays. He's very good at the champion he plays, and both of them have bigger champion pools but if you're going to play a leader if leader's going to play a leader champion or adam's going to play an adam champion it plays a specific way it does a specific thing and he's either doing those things or he's losing the game he's either killing you as olaf or you have an olaf on your team who's zero 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 and you're like my life this champion's useless you know what i mean or leader yeah. where he's you know he's either popping off on a collie or he's you know they're ganking his lane and he's dead three times and like the game's over it's it's a difficult position to be in and i think they will win games because of Adam Olaf. They will win games probably because of Adam Darius, whichever, you know, he wants to play. Maybe some Adam Renekton, even though that champion's been, you know, hit a million times with a nerf bat. But how many games will they yeah. lose because of that? How many games will they drop because that champ those champions don't work the way that they're supposed to work? So, yeah, I'm with you. I want to see more from Adam. I want to see more development and uh, more that is not just those that unique identity. As much as I love the unique identity, I would love love to see more there. C yeah. or D. I mean, last thing is just welcome. Well, I don't know. Uh, can we put, can we do C minus D plus? Is that a thing? We can we can we'll put them in we'll put them in C because they're not obviously we we're on the fence and we're not on the fence with Astralis. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, true, true. We're on the fence. I mean, last thing is welcome to the LEC BDS. Welcome, Shalka's gone. Yeah. BDS is here for anyone who didn't and know. Uh, but yeah, welcome to all the rookies too. And if we're if we're not excited about you, don't worry. When you pop off, we will be. And if we're not giving you your just deserved praise message us on twitter because we're definitely not trying to <laughs> undercut you guys when you the, pop off but we're also I, not going to oversell you. announcement bds's announcement video was sick i like the the color and the vibes and like hell the, yeah dude that was know. produced by young elder the same people who make a lot of our rap battles who did the last mad versus uh g2 oh, rap battle those guys are killer shout out to johnny and dennis um we got four teams more and before we didn't have to rush more but now we've got like Eh, not a ton of time left if we want to keep our producers happy. Not a ton so. of time left? Okay. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's power, uh, power through it. Okay. I go G2, A tier. Uh, I can't put them on S tier just yet because uh, brand new bot lane, Broken Blade, I think is a good addition. Uh, Yankos Caps, obviously the staples. Would I call a super team? No. Would I say that they're favorites to win a split in spring? No. In summer, I would definitely put a, You know, I'd, I'd have a bet on them, I think. There's just potential. to see how spring plays out, but... Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of potential in this roster. Um, Hargamas has had a stellar year in 2021. I think he is going to be one of the best supports in the league. Out of the gates, probably not. But uh, this team needs time. Give G2 time. This is the first time we say this where I think the two things I've noticed about G2 now is one, we need to give them time. And two, we can't keep giving them the benefit of the doubt as well. Now, those team two things might seem kind of polar opposites. But a lot of the times it was like, oh, G2 is fifth place. Oh, they're G2. They'll be fine. They'll be fine in playoffs. Oh, G2 is fourth. Oh, they're down 1-0 in a five, best five. Oh, they're G2. It's fine. That's not the case anymore. It's not their G2. It's fine anymore. This is a brand new roster and they need time. They need a lot of time. If G2 are fifth, I won't be surprised. They're not probably, you know, if they're fourth, I won't be surprised. If they're down a game in a best five, I won't be surprised, yeah. you know. Um, this team will need time, I think. But I still well, think they have a lot of good players and they still have probably one of the best mid-jungles 
in the West still. So that's a good that's a good factor to have. Yeah, and I think there's a lot. There's a ton of questions here. I think it's easy to believe in G2 when you look at their top side and you know what those players' ceilings look like. But also it's important to remember that Yankos and Caps weren't having came off a pretty shit split. And I think while we won't we give G2 the benefit of the doubt, it's easy for all of us to give Yankos and Caps the benefit of the doubt again because of the pedigree, because of that history. But this is a massive change for G2 esports. New coaching staff, new rookie players. Like this is this is huge. And I think this is essentially this is it's the same org, but basically everything else in my eyes has changed now. Uh, and while the mid jungle is enough for me to believe it, I, to agree with you and say that this is an A tier team alongside Broken Blade, that top side is solid. There's a lot that has to be figured out. This is the first rookie eighty carry that G two Esports has had. Uh, remember, in the league, it was Emperor, and then it was Sven, uh, and then it was it was Perks, or it was it was Hyarnan, and then it was Perks, right? And you uh, call Perks, Perks a rookie eighty yep. carry, but like he's obviously not a rookie player, and that worked out very well for them. And how G2 is going to function as an organization in terms of developing rookies. And admittedly, Dylan Falco has had a lot of experience in that, with that in the past. He's also worked closely with Broken Blade and with Caps yep. and Caps' time on Fnatic. So there's a lot of positives. Which Didn't we need to go bait? Good answers, yeah, which would lead to good answers to these questions, but there's still a lot of questions. So to me, G2 Esports is a team that I expect, based on the caliber of players and just almost on top side alone, not trying to put any huge expectations on Flackage or, or Targamus, I would expect to be top three, top four. But if those guys also show up, this is a team that could be fighting for the title. But I do think it's unreasonable to put that expectation onto G2 in spring. And I think it is a huge opportunity for G2, the organization, to prove that they can develop new talent and that they know where to put their resources to develop that talent. In this case, it's Dylan and Dylan's team. Because um, that's just something they haven't really had to do Perks was the last big rookie that they brought up. And he came out the gate murdering people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, let's see what a G2 organization with rookies looks like for the first time in for freaking ever. Because uh, they got Caps mm. when Caps was yeah. great, right? Hyarn and Wadid were admittedly a younger bot lane in the, in the scheme of things, but They're came from Rocket right? and had a pretty solid split on Rocket. With grabs. Came over, came over with grabs, yeah. Um, but there's, like, rookies have not been the name of the game for G2 in a very, very... Pretty much ever, essentially, uh, you know, like hybrid perks. I guess I don't remember. Can't remember if it was Expect's rookie season or not. Yeah, Kickus, right? Kickus, yep. And then that eventually became Expect. So, I mean, TLDR. Without getting into the whole history of G two, this is a huge point for G two if they can retain the identity alongside Fnatic of one of the big bads. The key to doing that is being able to consistently wait. build up talent. Wait, Jacob, are you telling me this is new era? New this dynasty? Is, oh my god, it is the new era. This could be new legends. Bro, I'm really trying not to oh like oversell god. narrative today. Oh but my like, god. Oh shit, <laughs> Mad Lions, leaders of the new era, but the old kings, Fnatic, are coming back, and the other uh, kings who've been legacy. De dethroned. Uh, G2, the mother of dragons. Blah, blah, Game of Thrones, season 8 meme. Um, Yeah, uh, there's analogy, a lot. Analogy, analogy. Okay, uh, it's That's your turn. G2. Cool. Let's do um, Rogue next. Bam. I'm going to say Ooh, Rogue. I like that one. Solidly in B tier. Um, uh, yeah. Let me give my quick spiel and you can follow up. The loss of Hansama and Inspired is huge. Uh, Rogue's team is going to need to find a new identity because essentially what we knew from Rogue was Rogue time memes and really good, really consistent early games. And those early games were often defined by 
almost always actually it felt like me defined by inspired or defined by Hansama. If that was the Callista picks or something mm -hmm. else aggressive, that was a man who would get a lead on Callista, rotate around the map, take 15 tower plates and win a game. Similarly, inspired would have these huge pop-off games or sometimes these big games where you have to, to bring them back from rogue time. And those two players being gone is an entire kind of shattering, I think, of the rogue identity as it existed previously. And we're going to have to see if these new players want to fit into the same thing, if that's what the coaching staff wants to push them, if that's how it's going to work out or what they're going to do. Um, that said, Odawamne is a player who, while he did have one um, very rough series versus Hurit, has generally been pretty solid, consistent top five top laner. And when he's playing well, you know, top three pretty easily. Larson, another guy with a lot of question marks around him um, who can be contesting top two in the league and can also be like loosely top five. Trimby's a guy that I'm still not entirely sold on. And Comp is again, a guy who's been kind of the victim of roster swaps left and right. He's always been solid, but I don't think we've really gotten to see Comp solidly established in a team for a very extended period of time, um, surrounded by good players. But I am excited about Malrang, and I do think this is a team that has a lot of potential, but it is not going to be the rogue of old. So I think this is a team that on paper can contest for playoffs, but I think while Excel is the safe bet because they have good pieces that were doing it before, Rogue, it's like, well, the history's there, the coaching staff has done well, and some of the new players on this roster feel solid. So that's why I feel okay about giving them that fifth, sixth prediction. That's the thing I noticed about Rogue. It's like they have prior expectations as well. They've been finishing so high in the regular split, they should do it again. But I think this offseason for Rogue, like you are talking about, it's just damage mitigation, right? You're losing two of the best players in your team, in the league, in their roles in the West. And now you have to figure out how to stay on top without going too hard on the rookie train, but also keeping your notori notoriety of being a top team, right? Balrang is a wildcard X-Factor edition. Was on Damwon after they won Worlds. He joined in 2021, I believe. Played a couple of games on stage, probably watched all their scrims, maybe even scrimmed a lot of the time, uh, some of the times as well. Um, and all I can say about Malrang is this guy came to the EU solo queue three weeks ago. I've never seen someone destroy solo queue as hard as that guy in my life like it's granted it's preseason, but this guy was 1100 lp i think with like a 74 percent win rate i've never seen that before um but it's preseason, so it's hard to say but he's the x factor i think he played in turkey for a bit he won the tcl i don't know how many times so he has been in i, I don't think the homesick thing would apply to him as much because he has been out of his region a few times i believe uh, in royal bandits i don't know for how long that was um, but he has been accustomed to a Western environment, I would imagine, right? Where people were speaking English mm -hmm. around him. Uh, I was speaking to Odo Amne and he said his English is basically like reuse English after a year, you know? Um, oh, nice. So it's, it's, it's there. It's tangible. You know, League of Legends as a game has its own language anyway. You know, uh, top gank, uh, bot, vision, right? There's a lot of easy words that can just kind of transfer. So I think language barrier will be a small problem. Not as big as if you just grabbed, you know... A, player just fresh off the LCK and just threw him into a, a Western team that's never been away from home. Um, comp again, I think the, the second biggest thing is not only is it damage mitigation for this team, but question marks. I think you hit on it perfectly, right? Otto Wamle has had its ups and downs. Larson is it's reliable, but does he have a lot of impact for the team, right? Um, he's always kind of safe bet, but he's never really explosive in a sense, right? Comp, how good is Comp? We know him as a solo queue machine, now he's here. But question marks and damage mitigation, how well can they do? I think E-tier is fair. Yeah, I, it's hard to have bigger expectations. I'm excited to see what Rogue can do. Because remember before Mad Lions were, it's like a it's like a title we pass around of the team that's like the best at developing rookies. It was Rock Hat and then eventually Rogue who brought up 
And the rogue team's story for so long was constant development. They went from like fourth to third to second. They were like constantly, constantly getting better. And now it's like a complete restart on that. And we have to see if they can find the same momentum. I like you and very excited for Melring. I think I just, I want to see how much of that solo queue translates because it's either going to be, wow, this guy is insane. He's giga smurfing every game or it's going to be like everyone's on a different page. It's going to be horrible to watch. And maybe they're not fighting for that fifth, sixth base. Maybe they're fighting for fourth or third. Maybe they're fighting for seventh or eighth. And that's kind of the the range that feels appropriate to me right now. Misfits, I see yeah. you prepped so it. I'm, yeah, I prepped it. I've pulled Misfits into BC tier. I don't know which tier they should be in because, again, to me, they're a slight dark horse. Like I said at the start of the show, I had two dark horses. XL was one of them. Misfits is kind of my dark horse. I don't know how good this team can be, but I don't want to overrate them off the bat because like, when I look at it, Hirit, I think he's one of the best top laners in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much to attribute that to Razork playing topside a lot of the time, but still, when he was ahead, he did his job, right? So um, yeah. I think Hirit was, I don't know exactly the number for how good he was, top four, top five, but he was definitely one of the best. Um, I think VTO has had his moments. Towards the end of the split, he got really good. Uh, Neon is very similar, where he's just kind of under the radar really good. Uh, most of the time, was part of the Miracle Run, all that good stuff, right? Um, so we know he has high highs. Shlatan, I think me rookie of the split really hyped up jungler should have been in the LEC last year and Mursa who I've always kept my own in solo queue a lot of time is like this really good individual standout player who as much yes he didn't find much success in ERLs but I think it is a really good pickup so I don't know how much this roster has and then the last thing I want to say is the coaching staff I think Misfits have a really big coaching staff right now I think they brought up Hiva they've got Candy Floss and their coaching staff I Candy think Floss is Carter, in 2021. Now. Carter now we call him Carter we let the old name he's die. Carter now yeah okay <laughs> Yeah, I'm stuck to the old name. Candy Friend Frost of the Carter. show. I He's been on really before. Good. Yeah, he was on uh, good coaching staff. I think a lot of positives for Misfits. Yeah, so on the Hear It note, I mean, I'm really excited. I think the I, we were a fan of Hear It when he first started and he was playing like the Camille Renekton and he had some great TPs and he had some great individual outplays on dives. And then I think the series versus Rogue kind of cemented him as one of our top, top laners. I'll say that last mm-hmm. season, even last year, top lane pool was pretty weak compared to what it's been historically, especially with like a Wonder underperforming with Alfari being gone. But with Alfari back and Wonder potentially set up to be back in form, top lane looks strong again. So it's a big deal for Hirat to be up there with those names as a guy who can contest. VTO similarly has been super solid. When he gets his champions, he's really, really able to pop off. Um, So I'm excited. I think that this team is clearly, to me, above the SKs and the BDSs, but also I would say definitely below Excel maybe on par on par with rogue even that feels unfair because i think larson has had so much more success than vto so i would say that they're either i i would put them on the upper end of c tier because i don't think they're as safe of a bet as an xl or a rogue but i do think that this is a team that should be fighting for playoffs probably fighting just for sixth and on after their success last season i want to see more from misfits i would be really excited if they were able to move up and fight into that like a tier with uh, the kind of general top four that we might be emerging here but i don't want to oversell them yet because just because i think schlatan is good here it is good and vt are good because i think neon and mersa still have to show that they're going to work well in the context of this team and whatever success misfits found last season we still don't know how much of that to attribute to razork uh they have i think this when i look at this roster i think it has high highs and lows lows you know i think this roster could push an a tier like really hard if the top side manages and the sub and mercer does well uh, i think this could push a top four or top five maybe but i also think it might push a bottom like a seventh eighth place as well so I, i'm on the fence i don't think there's much ah, middle ground you know the misfit uh, story 
Yeah, it's misfits all over the place. Every single time, every year, every split, everything. Misfits is always six wins in a row, six losses in a row. Uh, first place, fifth place, first place, ninth place. Like, what's happening? I get that vibe again, kind of. Um, but there's one more team left. All right. Wait, wait are, are they C? I think we're putting them in C. Yes? Oh, can or we not B? put them in the middle? In, no, in we the can't because that defeats CD? the point of... Maybe we should just do top 10 next time. But you can, you can choose. You want C or you want B? I'll give you choice. They're hey. the bottom of B or they're the top of C. <sighs> Keep in mind, we have seven. No, you actually can't. You can't because if, if Mad goes I where C. I think you're going to put Mad, then they have yeah, to go C because then we have too many teams and that are going to be playoffs people. Yeah, it's C, C, C. All right, Mad Lions. They're going into A tier. Let's talk about it. Um, for me... <laughs> they're going into A tier. Oh, shit. Wait, are you kidding me? Mad, of course Mad Lions are going into A tier. I think... And maybe I was this is bold. Skeptical. Maybe, I was maybe B. Maybe upper end of B. And if we can talk about it, maybe you convince me. Uh, I think that the fact that they still have one of the strongest, if not the strongest, jungle support in the league, and probably should be coming out the gates, as they're the two players who've um, spent the most time playing together with the most success. Although we'll see how self-made LeBrov does. Um, that's going to be massive for developing and bringing up two rookies. I think Arma, as much as laning has never been his big strength, and he will certainly get punished more for that with players like Alfari coming back into the league. His ability to find fights and pick good fights is massive. Um, and I just generally think that, generally have faith in the development for Mad Lions of rookies. Now, Unforgiven could suck and Reeker could suck. And those are the big things that make this hard to put them on the same tier. Because I think that if both of those guys suck, it's almost impossible for Mad Lions to win a game. Whereas G2, if their bot lane sucks, I think their top side can still win games. Right, so I will say that Mad yeah, Lions are below G two because simply because they they're not as reliant on their don't have to be as reliant on their rookie players as Mad Lions do. Like if Reeker sucks, Mad Lions yeah. is probably not a good team. Like that's that's the thing that's going to be really hard about this. But I I that's believe in Mac, risky. dude. I believe in Mac. I don't know. You call that what yeah. you want. I think the evidence it, is there. I think Mad Lions with such a good jungle support, they can. It's almost like they can put their mid and AD on the ladder. You know, they can get them, they can pass them the baton after 60% of the race. Like, just, you just got to do the rest. You, I trust you, you just got to do the rest. And it's a case of whether the carries can do the rest, right? Um, if the carries can't, then they're inevitably just going to get ahead and just fumble. Um, or their team fights are going to be weak. Those are the two outcomes you, you see when your you're mid and AD are, are weaker than your jungle supports, right? going to take time, again, limited to G2 when you slot in. Not one, but two brand new rookies to the to the ADC stage, especially in carry positions like mid and AD. They have got a lot of a lot of good foundation around them. I can see why I put them in A tier because they have three ADC champions around them, two times on all of them. They've got incredibly good coaching staff. They have everything they need to be good. Right? It's on them now. Right? I think everything around them is pixel perfect for them to become and thrive and do their job. Um, it's just a case of can they? Um, so to me, I'm on the fence of A and B. I'm like, well. They can do it. Do I trust them? I don't want to trust them yet. Now, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on the team, but when I look at G2, they have a fallback. You just said it. If their bot lane is dying or the bot lane is losing, whatever, their top side is going to carry, dude. I don't see that in Mad Lions. I don't really know who's going to carry. Is it Armut? Is Armut going to be the one to just be like, you know what? I'll do it. Uh, don't yeah, worry, guys. I think you're top right. It has, short of a carry jungle meta, I think it has to be Reeker. And I think that's what's scary. I mean, you could bet on Unforgiven, but that's like... I believe Reeker will be good because he's in the Mac training environment and he was good. You know, Unforgiven showed promise, yes, but just doesn't have anywhere near the amount of success or time that a player like Reeker has had. So, yeah, I yeah, think uh, when a team oh. is S and A tier, it feels like they're always going to have someone's going to step up. So, 
they'll be fine. You know, they'll they'll some will, you know they might lose games when they when they win games and they're in dire straits or they're in in <sighs> tough times. They'll fall back on someone. So that's why I thought B tier. No, you can tell. No, no, no. No, change. I think I you're right. No, I think you're, it's a really good point. I think I was I was letting my belief in again the Mac development system, which I think is justified. But it if, cloud me from the fact that you're right that like if these two players were playing bot lane and let's say Kaiser was the all-star mid laner, this would be a much easier sell. But because they're in two of the roles where like if you underperform, it's really notable. It's really noticeable. Like you cannot it's really hard to win a game with these two roles underperforming, especially unless yeah. like top lane is hyper carry meta, which like wouldn't even fit Armut anyway. Um yeah, and especially with range support bot lane meta where Kaiser is like this huge playmaker. I think you're right, dude. I think it's hard to I'm ready to be wrong. I think the beauty of our tier list, the beauty of our tier list, Dracos, is there's a chance for a lot of these teams to go up a tier. Like G2 could probably push an S tier. Mad Rogue could probably push an A tier. Misfits definitely could push a B, A tier, right? So there's room for these teams to go up, but we don't want to put them there just yet because it's just impossible to say, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you can look at players, you can look at stats, you can look at their previous games, but team dynamic, environment change, rookies on the LEC, you know, it's really hard to just kind of be like, yep, that's going to happen. So I think giving them the benefit of the doubt slash give them room to just show it first rather than just be like, yeah, and have yep. those expectations on their shoulders. I think that's a pretty safe list. Yeah. And remember, as we don't always, have that, we don't have that bold prediction though, like SK's A tier, you know? I mean, yeah, probably because that'd be crazy. I mean, we could do it, but we'd just be throwing darts at a board for youtube clicks you know what i mean like i, I don't believe I, it i reckon we could we could bump mad to a and bump misfits to b i think if we wanted to you know drop ascend it no i think we're good i think this is i think this is reasonable okay. and i'll say as always that when you're doing analysis like this like trying to it's it's an art as much as it is a science there's a lot of there's so many variables it's like predicting teams who are going to do well at worlds you don't know how these how these players are going to perform on this stage and i'll say that if you believe in some of these teams good on you but i doubt you have any more evidence than we do to believe that they'll work together because no there is not a lot of evidence when you talk about unless teams. you know their scrim results and even then, we every time we do that, it turns out to True. be the opposite of what will happen on stage. Yeah, Rain, I remember. I, I remember just, once I in twenty twenty. I just want to do this over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. twenty twenty end of twenty nineteen, twenty twenty spring preseason scrims. We scrimmed Mad Lions with their new roster of cars, humanoids. When I was on XL, and I think we five would them, and everyone was like, "Wow, this roster is gonna be terrible." Lo and behold, they are insanely good. Yeah, turns out stage is different. All right, last scrims, fake days last up. things. There is one thing that we have to do. There are technically two things, but I'm going to save us predicting MVP for the season as a week one overreaction for next episode. We're going to predict okay. MVP of the season. Maybe we'll put some stakes on it, but there is one important, important thing that we have to do. Bets are back because yep. we're yep. probably going to be able to see each other at some point. This is the Excel bet. Day, the question is, do Excel make playoffs? Do you want to pick a side or do you want to hear the stakes first? Yeah, I pick a side. XL you will pick, make playoffs. Okay, I'll pick XL won't make playoffs. Here's the deal. The loser has to dress up in mm -hmm. an XL costume, which will be giant cardboard letters XL, do a dance, and sing the XL song. Dracos, what's the XL song, you might ask? The Excel song XL is a 30 second... No, 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 no. It's a 30 second song to be written by me and you that's as of yet unwritten. If Excel make playoffs... 
It's an apology song where I will sing an apology to Excel and talk about how great they are. If Excel miss playoffs, you're going to apologize forever believing in Excel while dancing in the Excel costume. I'll take any genre where suggestions am I anyone this? has. Is it on the Euphoria? Euphoria. We could film it with a phone video. I don't want to commit production resources because okay. we didn't really get this approved yet, but it will happen. Maybe on broadcast. Okay, maybe yeah, you can yeah, sing yeah. it I to that, Excel. Uh, maybe a ready check segment, but it will be filmed and it will be shared to the world. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm sold, 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 sold. All right, sold, yep. you believe in Excel. I believe they're not going to do it. The meme will stay alive. Anywho, that is our tier list. Quick recap. S tier, Vitality and Fanatic. A tier, G2 Esports. B tier, XL, Rogue, Mad Lions. C tier, BDS, SK Gaming, uh, Misfits Gaming, and D tier, Astralis. Now, if you at any point during this podcast struggled to follow along with that tier list, there should be graphics released on Twitter. Sorry, we probably could have verbally shouted it out a few more times. You know, rookies to this whole podcast thing. We're just getting used to it. But in the meantime, LEC, starting Friday... 5 p.m. Ready Check Central European Time. This has been Euphoria Episode 1. We're back. Me, Cadrill, all season long. The gang is here. The gang is together. Squad goals! Squad goals, baby. And you guys are a part of the squad. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.